Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. My name is Greg McDonough. I'm the CEO of Blackburn Capital Advisors and the chapter president for the Entrepreneurs Organization of Washington, DC. Today's guest is an amazing leader and entrepreneur recognized among the top 200 leadership voices in the world in 2022, a master certified coach, the host of the X Monks Drive podcast and the founder of X Monks Drive, Gaurav Arora. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Greg, for this. Welcome. It's great to have you on our show. Um, so our show is all about leadership, which is a topic you know lots and lots about. And my favorite question to ask my podcast guests is what are some misconceptions around leadership? <laughs> okay. Um, so one of, one of my favorite statements every time when I talk about leadership is that there are more leaders in the world than there are leadership books. There are more leaders in the world than there are leadership consultants in the world. So the misconception is, uh, there are several mis- misconceptions that uh, it's easy, everyone can learn that, everyone can get that. Uh, yeah, uh, because I personally feel that leadership is a way of being. It's, it's a journey of climbing a mountain without the top. And the journey of a leader is the journey of a human being. Who you are is how you lead. So... If you look at what's happening on the other side of leadership and what we are talking about here, there's a huge bridge that we need to cover and we need to cross, which is not easy. And yeah. You you sparked an interest in the comment you just made for me about the opposite side of leadership. Um, Mm. Give us a little bit more color and and conversation around what what you meant there. You know, every time when I talk about leadership, um, what it means is it's not only a set of actions that you take. It's not only a set of prescribed behavior that you start doing and you will call yourself a leader. It's a shift that you need to undergo for yourself. It's a transformation that you need to undergo for yourself. That requires a shift, not only at the behavior level, it requires a shift at who you are as an individual. It requires a shift at your mindset, at your belief system, at the values that you're operating from and the values that you need to operate from to call yourself a leader. You know, different people have written about leadership. There are different levels of leadership. Now, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, who is a leader? What is leadership? And that are some really deep reflective conversation. That's a deep reflective uh, thought to get into. So those are the colors where we talk about, um, you know, the ingredients of leader, the ingredients of leadership, right? A few days back, I was talking to a friend of mine and he gave me a beautiful definition around leadership. He said, leadership is a coordinating. It's a a coordinated, co-created, movement that creates an impact which is good for the world and the world could be a small group of people that you would like to impact however the main points to consider is it's a coordinated and a co-created 
movement. And that stayed with me. That stayed with me, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk a little bit more about that. Co-created, because um, many times we think about leadership, right? And, it, and it's the leader in front of a group being followed and it's and it can sound very solo, right? It's very much on your own. And what I'm hearing you say is it it's broader than that. It need your leadership needs to be co-created with others. Am I defining that right? And if so, can you go a little bit deeper into into the how? How as an individual do you become part of a co-creation or collaboration? Oh, definitely, Greg. It's trying to understand that here I'm actually taking one step backwards and saying, how could it be a solo journey? I'm, I'm asking myself, how could be a how could it be a solo journey? Because in case it's a solo journey, you don't have anybody to lead. You don't have anybody to co-create. You don't have anything to lead. So from that perspective, if you look at leadership cannot be a solo journey. If it's a solo journey, that means you are using people to create something which is meaningful only for you. And when I'm using the word meaningful, it's coming from a space of selfish, being selfish. Now, if you look at the co-creation part that we are talking about and a coordinated, co-created movement, which is good for the world, and the world could be a small tribe of people that I'm talking about. It could be a small group of people that I would like to create a difference in the lives in, in the lives of the people of those small group of people. So it cannot be a solo journey. That is one. Uh, it has to be along with people that you would like to impact. And another group of people who could be their stakeholders. Mm. Am I making sense? Absolutely. And, and what comes to mind, Gaurav, is all those leadership books, and I've read many of them, but the front cover is the person on top of the mountain with her hands up in the air in sort of a victory position and nobody else is in that picture. And at the end of the day, to your point, that photograph is a very selfish photograph. Mm. Um, Although for many leaders or those who call themselves leaders, they feel as if that standing on the top of the mountain, that a sense of accomplishment is leadership. And what you're suggesting and where our conversation is going, it's again, much broader than that. It's involves many more people. It's co-collaborating. Mm. It's, um, mm. No, you gotta- no, I'm just reflecting, let's look at this metaphor. And how can we bring it to another perspective? I'm sure people who are writing about leadership, I'm sure they would have given a thought to that, why that should be the cover page of the book, where a person is standing on the, the top of the hill, on the top of the mountain with their hands spread, looking up in the sky, right? It could be a possibility that one person represents a tribe, metaphorically, right? That one person represents a tribe. And he's talking about that, how, it, what it means to accomplish something. It's a state of bliss. It's a state of oneness with the nature. It's a state of equanimity. It's a state of 
inclusiveness when you climb a mountain and you say thank you universe for supporting me to reach it you know it's extremely important to reach the base camp before you start to target the mount everest mm. um on my podcast the xmonks drive i was i i had a guest what what we were talking about is that leadership is all about when you climb a mountain and you come down you have to come down to scale the new mountain you don't go there and stay there for lifelong because it's it's boring so the the spin that i'm bringing is the one person represents a tribe that he is representing you need to have a face you need to have a name to a tribe metaphorically that one person is it's a moment to express your gratitude to the universe to experience oneness because without the support of the universe uh nothing can work certainly so certainly. yeah and and it goes back to your original comment from my first question around leadership is a journey and it's who you are let's talk a little bit about that you know we've got a uh, many young audience members who are at the beginning of their leadership journey and a lot of it especially for me was self discovery first of who i am and what i'm trying to be and that developed into a leadership skill or leadership style let's talk a little bit about that for those that are beginning their leadership journey or being looked to for leadership how do they make that part of who they are part of their mindset those types of things yeah yeah so as i mentioned uh, who you are is how you lead the journey of a leader is a journey of a human being the journey of a um, leader is like climbing a mountain without a top let's try and look at these um, decode these sentences one statement at a time um, you know when we look at the term leadership i think it's a it's overrated term uh let me tell you why because somebody who's sitting in a 10 by 10 room in one of the corners of the world uh he's definitely a leader she's definitely a leader because he is or she is coordinating co-creating a movement that could be good to a world to the world and here the world is family so that one person is taking care of the family to ensure that they get two times a meal a day now having said that that person is a leader definitely now similarly a person who is leading a team of four people or five people to take care of the community that he or she is a part of so that people get water to drink clean water to drink on daily basis basic electricity and the basic necessities are taken care of that person is a leader now when i'm saying it's a overrated term why because each one of us is a leader anyways now the question is what kind of impact am i creating am i willing to create the impact beyond myself so the statement that i'm going to make right now they're very contradictory statement and that's a conscious effort to bring that contradiction because that would create some confusion and out of that confusion it will allow each one of the listener to create 
and give birth to the clarity that belongs to them. So on one hand, I'm talking about leadership. On the other hand, I'm saying that beyond self. Now, the question that I'm asking myself is, is there, is there anything called beyond self? Because in the last statement, I spoke about when a person has already climbed the mountain, he's standing on the top of the hill, looking at the world and saying, hey, thank you, universe. And at that point, he's experiencing equanimity and oneness with the universe. So that means there's no separation in the world. Now, here, what I'm talking about is, on one hand, you are creating something which is beyond self. Now, if you bring everything together in the melting pot, what, you, what we realize is that unless I'm willing to explore who I am, who I am as an individual, and I would realize that how I'm the drop in the ocean and I'm the ocean at the same time. How I'm the drop in the ocean and the ocean at the same time. I would realize that unless I understand my own nature, I would not be able to create the impact that I'm here to create. So on one hand, we are talking about there's no separation. But at the same time, I also believe that each one of us is unique in itself. Having said that, who I am is how I lead. What it means is that in that case, I will be able to lead from my own absolute nature, which is abundance, which is consciousness, which is oneness, which is pure love, which is consciousness, which is purity. So who I am is how I lead. And the journey of a leader is a journey of a human being, because in order to know myself, it might take me a lifelong journey. And unless I can become a better human being, I can never become an effective leader. That's what I've always believed in, Greg. Uh, does it mean that I've been able to live like that? My answer is no, because every time when I make an attempt, I fall flat on my face. I break a bone here and there. I break my nose. I bruise myself. I get wounds. And it takes me enough and more time to heal myself. And then next day I wake up again. I get up again and start my journey again. So it's definitely a lifelong journey. And every time when I reach the top of a mountain, I look up in the universe as you gave me a beautiful picture metaphorically. I look up, thank the universe. I say, thank you so much for this beautiful base camp. Let me start the journey, the next leg of this journey tomorrow morning. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you've got me now mesmerized. Um, and one of the words that you said that really has me thinking is around, we all have leadership in us, right? And it starts with self, right? You're your self leader. And then maybe it expands to your family, then your community, then the world. The difference being what you choose, how you choose to have impact. And are you choosing to use your leadership skills and ability to impact a one group of people, one community, the world, a region, and so on and so on? Can you elaborate on or give examples of somebody that you've seen kind of start with leadership with self and then over a handful of, of a time period or through their own mindset changes have become impactful across their community and the world? Well, there are definitely, uh, there's several people that I work with. Uh, there are several people who happen to be my friends. I can give you a few examples from the India origin. 
just before this call, I was on, on another call and I was talking to a gentleman called Mr. N.K. Chaudhary. Mr. N.K. Chaudhary is the chairman of a company called Jaipur Rugs. Now let's look at his story. Decades back, I'm talking about three decades back, two and a half decades back, he said to himself that I would like to work with people who belong to lower cost, lower cost. I mean, in India, you have got the cost system. It's not only in India, but in any geography, anywhere in the world, you'll find that there are different ways with which society has already created the hierarchy, caste system, religion, creed, color. So in India, this person said that I would like to work with people who are in the bottom of, of the hierarchy list. And when he picked up that idea, he said, um, let me just go and test waters. The first group of people who were against that idea was his own family members. And they said, hey, that's not done. You're not going to do that. Do something more meaningful. What would society tell you? What would people talk about you? Blah, 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 blah. Now, in that case, that was the fight that he had first with himself and then with the family members and then with society. That's where he started from, right? And during the entire journey, he said that I have to focus on women so that they feel empowered. I'm talking about somebody who's in his early 20s, just imagine, right? Early 20s, he's saying that I would like to work with people. I would like to work with women so that they could be more empowered. He started going and working in the small villages of India. And that's where from there, he started creating that. You won't believe that, Greg. Today, Jaipur Rocks is one of the global organizations where they export carpets to 23 countries. Uh, almost 40,000 women are, um, are a part of that movement. Co-created, coordinated movement that could create goodness in the world. Let me give you another example. A very dear friend of mine, his name is Azad Pandey. Now, Azad Pandey, when he was 21, he met with an accident. Uh, there's a small town in India, it's known as Gorakhpur. And uh, he was at Gorakhpur, he met with an accident, he lost a major part of his memory because that accident left uh, a wound in his brain and that impacted his brain. And uh, he said that one day I was waiting at the railway station at Gorakhpur and I was waiting for the train to come because they were, they were supposed to come to Delhi uh, to, to consult one of the doctors at Ames, All India Med Medical, uh, All India Institute of Medical Sciences, right? Um, while he was waiting, he saw a small girl eating something from the railway track. And he asked the person who was with him, who happened to be his father, but he could not recognize him. He said, what is that girl eating? And that man, his father, said, don't look there. The train is coming, let's go there. And I was very curious. I said, when Azad, when you looked at that girl, what happened to you? And he said, I don't know, something happened to me, but I could not understand what, what, what was she eating because what would somebody eat from the railway track? And by the way, that girl was eating a piece of shit, literally. And that's the reason his father wanted to avoid that conversation. He said, I came to Delhi, consulted the doctor, went back again, but that picture of that small girl eating something from that railway stack stayed with me. And I asked my father the next day, I would like to go to the railway station and I would like to search that girl. He said, every, from that onwards, every day for a week or 10 days, I continued to go there. I could not find that girl, Azad said. I could not find that girl, but I found the purpose of my existence. The journey continued 
uh, as the luck would have it, as the fortune would have it, at the God, by the God's grace, he could work on his memory and he started working like a normal human being with 100% memory working in his favor. He said that was the, that, that still, you know, that photograph of that small girl eating something from the railway tax stayed with me. And he said something, and I will, I'm going to tell you in Hindi and then I'm going to repeat that in English for our uh, listeners. He said, What it means is I could not find that girl, but I found the meaning of, I found the purpose of my life. Today, Greg, today, he runs an NGO in Gorakhpur with the name of Roti Smile Bank. Roti means bread where he works with small children at the railway station, where what they do is a group of people, they collect food from the society and hand over that food to the girl, to the small children at the railway station. At the same time, they also invest a lot of time, money, energy to educate all those small children at the railway station. Today, it's one of the movements in the country, Roti Smile Bank, coordinated, co-created movement for the goodness of the world. Now, there are several examples. The question is, the, the impact that I'm going to create in the world depends entirely on what level of frequency am I vibrating from? How well do I know myself? How aligned am I with my own values and with my purpose? It sounds easy. It sounds very exciting and inspiring. It's not that easy because there are so many fears. There are so many insecurities that you deal with. And that does not allow me to grow beyond myself. And if I cannot see anything beyond myself, of course, I'll get limited in my life. Now look at the examples where the world is talking about Mahatma Gandhi's of the world, Nelson Mandela's, Mother Teresa's of the world. How come they've been able to create the impact that they've been able to create because they had the power? Now, if you look at the word power itself, power is my ability to influence. Power is my ability to make things happen. In case there is no power, there is no electricity. Right? And thus, it's so important to identify who am I? What are my core values? What are my purpose? What are my insecurities? What are my deep fears? How can I deal with that? Because the sooner I'll be able to deal with my insecurities and the sooner I'm able to deal with my own fears, the lighter I would travel in the world. And the lighter I would travel in the world, I would be able to expand my influence. And thus, I'll be able to create a bigger impact in the world. So. Thank you for, for sharing those stories that they really, truly illustrate the power around leadership and how it finds us in different ways, I think it's, it's fair to say. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts or advice and guidance for those who are still looking for their passion, right? You, you shared the story about this gentleman who started a rug business to help women. And this doctor, I think your second story is much clearer how he found his passion and his vision. But for those in our audience who are sitting here listening, wondering where is my passion? What am I gonna be? Is there a self-discovery formula? Formula. I so I so wish there could be. I wish there could be, Greg. Um, let me try and make an attempt. 
you know, let's talk about passion. Um, passion itself is a very fully loaded word. Uh, let's start from the very basics in life. Let's look at what makes your heart sing. What are those things that you love doing, even when you're not paid for that? Uh, do you love talking to people? Do you love listening to people? Uh, do you love cooking? Do you love painting? Do you love um, sitting and carving something? Do you love sculpt sculptures? What do you love doing? You know, um, uh, when do you find yourself fully engaged? Uh, so those are the questions that I continue to ask myself. And uh, for as long as I'm able to identify those answers, I think I'm moving in the right direction. That's why. Now the question is, will I be paid for that? That's a question that continues to keep us away from doing something uh, that we can call a profession. Because we live in a society and society tells us that we should be doing something that can help us earn money. Uh, and that is important, right? A friend of mine, his name is Charles. Charles is a classical dancer in South of India. And he said one of the biggest challenges that he has faced is interacting with his uh, relatives and the family friends because the question that they would ask him is, what do you do? And every time Charles tells, hey, I'm a classical dancer. Oh no, that's okay, but what do you do? No, I'm a classical dancer. Oh no, that's okay, but what do you do? That's what I do, right? Why? Because society has a different set of looking at these are the things that people can do. Because why? Because those are the things that can help us earn money. I think that's where the challenge is. So, you know, the question is, are you willing to listen to your own self? The challenge is we don't listen to our own self. We don't listen. We don't listen to the universe. We don't listen to life. We don't listen to each other. And ironically, we don't listen to ourselves as well. Now, for as long as I'm willing to listen to myself, I'll be able to identify what I love doing, what is my passion, what makes my heart sing, what makes my soul dance. So that is one. Something that I've recently realized for myself is, you know, when people ask me, God, how to find your purpose? I don't have an answer for that. Have I found my purpose? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I love doing coaching. I love doing podcasting, Greg. Uh, I can do it even if I'm not paid for that. I love doing that. It makes my heart sing. It makes my soul dance. The question is, is it my purpose? I don't know. Now, recently what I've realized is that if I have not yet found my purpose, then it's, it's all about moving in the right direction. Right? So direction is more important, important than how fast you're moving in. Right? Now, having said that, how would I know that if I'm moving in the right direction? Because in case you're moving in the right direction, I believe your purpose is going to find you. Your purpose is going to discover you rather than you discovering your purpose. Now the question is, how would I know if I'm moving in the right direction? That's where I, I need to take a pause and look at what kind of opportunities am I attracting in my life? What kind of people are coming in my life? What kind of suggestions are they offering me? What kind of situations that I'm encountering in my life? Now, for as long as you know deep down 
deep down, you know this, by the way, when you start to listen to yourself, you would get a yes in your body. You know what? I'm meeting these kind of people. That means I'm moving in the right direction. And as I said, for as long as you're moving in the right direction, your, your purpose is going to discover you. It's just a matter of time. The question is, am I willing to have that kind of patience for myself? Where I operate from, you know what? I'm a unique creation. I have a purpose. I am the purpose. When would I meet that? Do I have the patience to walk on that path? Certainly. So it's not a direct answer to your question, how to identify your passion, how to identify your purpose. These are the steps that I'm experiencing, I'm experimenting with. One of the, one of the things that I try to become aware of when dealing with choices and direction, and you mentioned it about yes, right? I, I have this concept of like the full body, like does everything in your body tell you that you're doing Precisely. what you should be doing. Precisely. Um, another reflection on some words you said around purpose. Through my journey, I've noticed that my purpose changes and it changes depending on who's in my life at the time or what I am trying to accomplish. Like what's, and what was my purpose when I was 20, in my 20s is much different than my purpose when I'm in my 40s. Absolutely. And what's changed, right? My family's changed. I've I've got a wife and two children. And so my purpose has changed and it's beautiful. And I love it. Um, those are great, great insights here, everybody. I'd love to get into um, your journey and how you developed a passion for what we're talking about, understanding that you're still discovering your purpose. And I think life is about discovering your purpose and you never yeah. truly yeah. put it on a, on a postcard and stick it on the wall and finally figure it out. But mm. I'd love to hear how you developed your interest in this topic and your, your journey really. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg, for asking that. Um, you know, to tell you the truth, I think, uh, as I mentioned that uh, you don't go and meet your purpose. You don't go and discover your purpose. Your purpose discovers you. What it means is uh, it's all grace. It's a universal grace that starts to bestow onto you and you just, call yourself lucky. I call myself extremely lucky. I've been extremely lucky. I think that I'm God's special child. Uh, when universe was creating, and I think that universe was creating that these would be, these are going to be my favorite childs. Uh, these are going to be my favorite children. And I think the universe chosen me as one of them. And I'm extremely thankful to them, to the universe. Having said that, uh, Greg, my journey into what I do today, I do a lot of executive coaching. I work with a few of the best leaders in the country. I think I'm genuinely blessed to have uh, people, the kind of people that I work with. I love podcasting. Uh, for as long as I've known myself, I've always witnessed myself engaging with people, talking to people, interacting with them, loving interacting with them, being a part of the communities, uh, making people, making sure that two people meet each other. I've always found myself very, very curious, very, very curious in terms of asking questions, why you do what you do. And least did I expect that one day I would be uh, making a living out of that. Now, I remember I did my engineering, I did my MBA, started working with a bank, uh, hated my job at bank because uh, the, the job that I was supposed to do was all about numbers. And, and trust me, I'm horrible in number crunching, horrible in number crunching. 
Um, and during that time also, I used to love reading books and I would just go and talk to people. What do you do? How do you do that? And uh, just got lucky, got my job where I was supposed to sell leadership development workshops to people. I did that for quite some time and then said, let me just start something of my own. Um, and that's where my journey, um, my journey into executive coaching began in the year 2005, six. Um, that was quite early and coaching was just coming to India, quite a nascent space at that point it was. Today also coaching is at a very, very nascent stage in India. Uh, kept on meeting people one step at a time. 2008 is when I started my own company. And since then, I've been eating, breathing, inhaling, sleeping, drinking, coaching, coaching, and coaching. And entrepreneurship uh, was the only choice. Because in case you would like to create the impact that you would like to create, you have to make your own rules. You have to bend your own rules. And that's where uh, my journey into entrepreneurship started. And because I was managing teams, because I was managing, I was working with people, so I could not do things solo. So it's a co-creating, co-created, coordinated movement for the goodness in the world. And since then, uh, we have been building several brands. We have been building several verticals, whether we are working with corporates, whether we are working for for-profit organizations, non-for-profit organizations, or starting my own podcast. Uh, or starting starting my own mastermind in the space of coaching, uh, how can the, I think the essence remain the same for me. Uh, my essence is how to extract wisdom from people, how to extract what they have inside them. And then how can I bring people together? How can I create communities? How can I build connections with people? And that's where I'm here, where I am, Greg. Uh, would you call it a strategic move? My answer is no. As I told you, I just got lucky. And uh, yeah, so I continue to express my shukrana, my gratitude uh, to the universe and continue to walk on my path. On that path, I definitely come across so many frustrations, which I'm sure is the part and the parcel of any journey. And I think that's absolutely worth it. And I'm loving everything every bit of it, every day of that. And I would not uh, exchange this for anything. Certainly. Is there, I'm thinking about your business and your podcast and Monk and, and your clients. Is there a, a, a specific type, type's the wrong word, but is there a specific um, executive that gravitates to you and your style of coaching or what your, you know, the, there's somebody in our audience who's contemplating having a coach and I've got a coach. I've got several coaches. Um, mm -hmm. What makes, what's the, what, what attracts somebody to your style of coaching? Cause everyone, every, from my experience, I find have coaches for different things in my life and different mm. purposes of what I'm trying to accomplish. What gravitates your your clients to you? Uh, it's a it's a great question. In my in my circle, I'm known as a ruthless, compassionate coach. Um, ruthless because uh, I tell people that you know what, at times we just need to confront our reality. 
and somebody who's willing to take a deeper dive into self-awareness because self-awareness creates possibilities. Unless I'm aware of what's working and what's not working, I'll not be able to navigate through the white waters of the life. So somebody who's willing to have a deeper dive into the exploration of self. So those are the people that I love working with because that's the journey that I am on to. Right? How, how can I know myself even better? And from there, uh, the second step is somebody who's willing to accept because, you know, as I often share that, unless I'm willing to accept myself, I'll never be able to embrace humanity. Because there's always a wall of separation that I've created between self and I, I and self. And in case I cannot uh, dilute this wall between I and self, I'll never be able to let go or to deconstruct the wall between I and the universe. Going back to the conversation that we were having, that there's no other, it's all oneness. And that's where I'll be able to contribute. So as I often share people, somebody who's willing to find his own voice so that he can express, she can express from her or his unique gifts from superpowers that he or she is blessed with, only then I'll be able to connect with others, only then I'll be able to contribute. So somebody who's willing to have a deeper dive into self-exploration to accept where he or she is operating from and then to make a bigger impact in the world. And in that is a lot of shit that happens. A lot of shit that happens because you have to deal with your inner insecurities. You have to deal with your fears, which is a task that will make you cry. It will be extremely difficult. You'll have to let go of your own identity. You have to lose yourself on daily basis. You have to kill a part of your own self to give birth to a new self. And that's the journey. That vulnerability is very difficult. Absolutely. Especially on your own. Um, Gaurav, this conversation is amazing. They could go on forever and ever. If an audience member cares to find you, what social media is the best avenue? Are you a LinkedIn person, Facebook, you name it? How do how do our audience members find you? Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me as Gaurav Arora, and you can add X monks because the name of my company is X monks, and it's a warrior monk, somebody who's a warrior and who's willing to pull the sword in service of others. That's the warrior monk, ex-monks. And I have a podcast called the Ex-Monks Drive, uh, where I've had the pleasure of interviewing a few of the best leaders in the world, thought leaders, business leaders, authors, coaches, and some really deep introspective conversations I've had with them. Now, I think that has been a university for me. So definitely you can find me on LinkedIn, on podcast. So yeah. Wonderful. And we'll include and the web and the website is definitely www.xmonks.com. Fantastic. And we'll include those in our show notes. So anyone who's out there trying to hit rewind to capture uh, those handles, don't worry, just scroll down. You'll find, find all that information in our show notes. Well, Gaurav, it's awesome to have you on our show. I appreciate your time. Um, our conversation went very deep, very quickly. And I hope, and I don't hope, I know our audience members will have been enlightened through. um, And thank you for all the work that you do in the universe. It's much needed and appreciated. 
Thank you so much, Craig. And thank you so much for having me on this show. It's a validation that I'm moving in the right direction. And for that, I'm really grateful for. So thank you for having me on this show. It's, it's absolutely my pleasure. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.